Hello! This is Roundbreaking, a guide in how to break a speech and debate tournaments. I'm your host, Scott. In today's episode, we're going to talk about judging. Okay, so yes, I have mentioned in the past that you should not do what you think judges are looking for and to just do your very best and your performance should be able to stand by itself. However, as quals are coming up in Congress, debate, IEs, um, I find that it would be maybe ideal and best for you guys if you can listen to what actual judges are looking for. And as I mentioned in the past, again, you should not do what you think judges are looking for. But I would like to think that as you listen on in this episode, that you will, that we will present to you a very objective view of how judging works because in the end all judging is subjective and while you can't win them all um but maybe you can so we're gonna let you um we're gonna have a conversation today about that so today round breaking's very own david gonzalez will be here to chime in about judging uh, hello that's david hello hi david hello <laughs> <laughs> so david uh, how did you get wrangled into speech debate? It was because of you. How Surprise! You? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about that. Um, I had never been involved in any sort of speech and debate activity. I, I wanted to do it in high school myself, but uh, it was on the same day as band practice and... As you can guess, the audio nerd that I am, I prioritized band practice. And I sort of always had a in interest in debate and the format and politics and, you know, what is the magic that happens behind the scenes and how do you come to pull together a five-minute uh, impromptu speech, uh, as I've learned from listening to this podcast. Huh, um, you. <laughs> um, that's how I got involved in it. And then uh, Scott was gracious enough to ask me to to be a judge uh, to help out. And um, I found out that really anyone can be a judge. And you don't have to have a specialized background. I was really nervous. Like last, a couple of weeks ago, we had to do a Congress uh, or I oh, yeah, had to do, do Congress, Congress for the round. first time. Yeah. yeah. And I was really nervous because I, I don't know any of the rules about Congress. I don't even know how our own Congress in the United States works, let it's alone like a student run version of it. And so I was nervous about how to judge or rank all these people. But um, it you loved it, though, right? Being a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So. Tell me about your first time judging. Well, it was extenuating circumstances because we were in the middle of the pandemic and it's when we were all transferring into this Zoom land that we live in. And uh, so it was it was not a conventional judging experience. I actually don't think I've ever had a conventional judging experience in that regard. Everything I've done this is very true. Zoom. You haven't. So, you've never judged in person yet, have you? No, I haven't. Everything's been post-pandemic. And, uh, you know, there is a little bit of a uh, comfort as a judge that 
you don't have to be in the same room as some of the people which it's so I feel like nice that's, that's it's like the best <laughs> yeah there's a level of like oh i feel bad that i'm ranking this person last but i don't have to tell them to their face about it oh mine was like i get to be home in my jammies and then sit in my chair well you guys know me i've been doing such a debate you know all you know like for years and years and years and years and um yeah i just think it would be really interesting to see like a quote-unquote veterans perspective versus like a novice perspective of judging because you know as you guys know in league tournaments your main your judges are mainly parents so I know, like, when I was in high school, I would get super duper worked up about, like, oh, my gosh, like, this judge doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, because I'm sorry, they don't know what they're doing. Like, David, do you know what you're doing? No. That's really unfortunate. That's must be so frustrating to hear as, like, a competitor. But, like, what do you mean you don't know what you're doing? No. Yeah, so most judges are just, like, parents and parents as friends, honestly. And you know what? Okay, so I would say the big bulk of judges or are coaches friends. And then- what? Yeah, and friends. And then the next big bulk are going to be recent graduates. And then the group after that are going to be coaches and teachers, right? They're just by sheer numbers, right? Because when you sign up for a tournament, I don't know if you kids know this, but when you sign up for a tournament, your coach has a judge obligation that they have to fulfill. So it's like, oh, you have, I see that you have 10 entries in the debate. If you have 10 entries in the debate, for every three entries, you need to provide one judge. Or it's like something like that. There's like a ratio that every tournament decides. So where are your biggest judges going to be from? It's going to be parents. And unfortunately, not all parents are going to be totally in the know about like what they're necessarily doing. Because obviously their kids are going through the program and, you know, like seeing what their kids are doing. But in the end, it's like, oh, how active are they? How involved they are in, um, in speech and debate is going to, you know, be on that parent. You Like my parents wanted nothing to do with speech and debate. I mean, perhaps it was the language barrier. But, you know, there are also some people who just like, you know, oh, it's just like it's their thing that their kid wants to do. And, you know, like I'm not a big sports person, but if, my kids want, you know, end up having a lot of fun in football. Oh, I guess I'll do it for them. That's not <laughs> nice, but I will. I'll be very supportive. It's just not my thing. So I know that speech and debate isn't everyone's thing, but in the end, we still need judges. So it'll be, I just wanted to give you guys like a perspective of like a veteran judge who knows what they're doing when they're judging speech and debate versus a novice judge like David, which does, who, he doesn't not know what he's doing, but he just hasn't had as much experience or isn't have been around um, speech and debate as much as, you know, let's say I have or your coaches have or as your parents have. Because in the end, you're still, these are the bulk majority of our judges, parents, recent alumni, teachers and coaches. That's like literally who your coaches are, even at nationals, even at state. Um, it's going to be parents, recent alumni, and teachers and coaches. That's just, like, how it is. So do you, you, like, what do you like most about judging, David? One of my favorite parts about it, honestly, which is going to sound a little weird, um, is it gives me hope for future generations. These kids are so smart. um, And I'm, I've pretty much been blown away every time at just the level of intellect and charisma that these kids are expressing. 
mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. It, future leaders it, of our world. Yeah, it just like gives me hope that we're gonna be okay, uh, and that that generation is going to take care of my generation, <laughs> which is very selfish. Oh, to like, well, I mean, yeah. Let's let's hope Gen Z can do this for us. Yeah, <laughs> save us, Gen Z. We need it. So, what do you look for during um around? Um, it's I. <laughs> You know, each round, as you've expressed, is going to be different. But I think to summarize all of them, I look for who is the most confident in their delivery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think if there's someone who's insecure about what their topic is or what the speech is about, that's going to be pretty evident that they don't know what they're talking about or that they haven't done the the work in it. Um, obviously for impromptu stuff, that's kind of a little bit different. Um, but you still have to make me pre- like think, you know what you're talking about, even if you don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the, the other aspect of it is there's a bit of showmanship that's associated with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm delivering a speech and or you know debate you know I I was working on another podcast and we were interviewing a lawyer and the the there was a really interesting comparison between well lawyer a lawyer's job is theatrical in its Mm -hmm. nature when Mm -hmm. you're presenting cases in front of a jury and there's an element of of theatrics that that is applied to all sorts of other positions or jobs and and it's a compelling um art form to practice when you're in high school mm-hmm. and and I think if you're able to move somewhat like there was there's been speeches that I've listened to where I was like crying watching them um <laughs> And I'm just like here in my living room, like watching it on Zoom or whatever. And I'm just like (laughs) sobbing. And I was like, what is happening? How is this 16 year old like pulling this out of me? What? This is crazy. And so it runs the gamut of emotions. And, And the hardest part for me, I think, is when the competition is so strong that how as a judge i don't know how to rank someone over the other it's like splitting hairs at that point right it really is and that's the hardest part for me where i've been uh judging final rounds um and it's just like oh my god these kids are brilliant and i don't know how to like be like i'm so sorry you're in second place like that did you judge at state i don't remember i don't remember either the one that i remember being the most like sort of not contentious but like exciting was um there was a i I did the final round of lincoln douglas and there were two other judges with me Mm -mm. um were you the squirrel yeah, no, we were I hadn't even heard about what a squirrel was. <laughs> I was like I heard the term like in the Zoom chat from 
like earlier and I was like wait guys what's the squirrel and so they they finally told me I, I Scott you might be a better example uh do a better description of what the squirrel is the squirrel is um especially in uh debate is when you have a panel of three and you are the odd man out like everyone it's not like a 3o or an o3 it's like a 2-1 and then that one is the squirrel yeah because they're so, a little nutty. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know if that's <laughs> actually. I don't know why they call it the squirrel. Yeah, I know. I I want to know what the, the backstory of that is because that's kind of weird that it's called the squirrel. But anyways, it was um one of the other judges was the squirrel, and but the problem was that we all three of us when we were talking about it after the round, we all thought we were going to be the squirrel. Every single one of us. Because right, we were like, you're not allowed to discuss your decisions with your fellow judges until after you've submitted your decisions. Just to give the audience a little, like, like reassurance. <laughs> right, right. And and so we we did discuss it after we submitted the ballot. Um, and, and we talked about it with, I don't know... It, Am I allowed to say that we talked about it with the with the competitors? Yeah, we can, yeah. I mean, because like, because in in like after finals, I think I believe you start disclosing after like after breaks. Okay. I believe. I mean, every tournament is different, but like generally, at least in California, I feel like yeah. Once you once you start breaking, it's like yeah, you want to know because it's like so the kids know like oh, okay, I can go home now or like yeah yeah or right I'm continuing or whatever yeah. Yeah, but it it was just really interesting hearing the other judges' perspectives on why they chose the person that they chose, and then why I chose the person that I chose. Like it was just because we all were so compelled by both arguments. That was the thing that made it really hard. Was that there wasn't one side that was like obviously the winner, and so in that squirrel situation, I think it's like it does boil down to when one judge votes for affirmative and the other judge votes for negative, then that third person is going to be like, okay, they're deciding who the winner is. I think this just proves to you like how subjective judging is that people don't like, especially in debate. I feel like you're like, Oh, but I did this. I did blah, 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 blah. Because like, I think for like my paradigm and I think you say this too, like you preface all of your, like when you're judging debate of like, Oh, this is what I look for. And like, especially in debate rounds, I'm just looking for compelling arguments, right? Like if you have one really, really, really good argument and you know, the opposition maybe has, you know, and like the opponent or whatever has a bunch of great but like little points but they still can't topple that one really big like glaring problem that person's gonna you know what i mean like it's again it's all just so each round is just so different and another judge might be like well there were 30 points that that person made even though they don't necessarily take or or trump the the other major point you could yeah i think 30 points is actually a better strategy to approach this debate with and the, uh, one judge might find that to be true and another won't. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like, you know, and of course, in the debate rounds, you know, that's a good debate round. You'd be like, oh, no, that's I feel like if it was a good debate round, you will have a squirrel because that means that it was a close call. Like you guys did a good job. If it's like yeah. 3-0, then obviously, or like 5-0, something not terrible won't happen. But like, you know, like it was just a really, really close round. Yeah, but even like in speech, I like I still stand. So, dear listeners, 
Um, while this episode is about judging, I still stand by like, you should not be doing what you think judges are looking for. You should still do your best. And if you have a good performance, that performance will stand by itself. Because, I mean, just in our, you know, quick discussion here, you can already see that David and I already have not different approaches, but like, it's, it's just such a varied Judging is subjective. Judging the act itself is a subjective. You, you're you literally giving judgment. You're judging someone. How how can that in any way be objective, especially when you're presenting, you know, interp or an advocacy or, you know, um, an expose, right? Or even like an LD debate or in Parley. Like that's, it's you, you as the competitor are trying to sway us, the judge, into giving you that number one mark. So you need to be pulling out all of your stops and what you can to be convincing us, right? So in debate, for me, that's like giving a compelling but watertight argument, right? In speech, it's did you meet the specs of this particular event? Um, and I just also want to chime in as well that in the judge's room, the tournament director and like the people running the tournament, the, they, we are, they are like letting parents know how to judge, Literally, they even give like judge training and it's always videos by like the NSDA. It's always like advice from, you know, Chassa or even coaches themselves. Really, you know, this we should be looking for because you do have people come in like, oh, my God. So this person did this. How should I do that? And it's always the same response. Who was the most compelling speech that you remember? And also another way that judges judge is like, oh, who do you want to hear again? Like, what speech yeah. do you want to hear again? Which yeah. I think is a really great metric, like a really great metric. Or When it was really tight for me, that's what I used. Where it, And another way to phrase that would be, who do you want to tell about that speech? Like, I want to tell my best friend about this person's mm -hmm. speech. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's, it, it, it's about what's the most memorable at the end of the day for me. Yes. Being a competitor, like, in high school and then being now an adult, you know, judging, it's really hard as a student to keep in perspective that we're all so human and that, like, we're just normal people. And so that's why I feel like I really like asking my friends who have never done speech and debate before to judge because they're a blank slate, right? It's going to be super obvious to those people who did the best because they don't have and they're like they're they're blank slate they they've never had any experience in this they, they they didn't do this in high school they didn't um they're not involved they're not coaching they're not volunteering this was never part of their lexicon this is never part of their personal experience so i feel like these kinds of judges these kinds of people who come to judge are probably the best kinds of judges while they may not necessarily know all the rules they will know oh that was really good I don't know why, but that was really good. Versus like a veteran like me who can nitpick and be like, oh, they swam during their their interp in the for their intro. Oh, their pops are a little slow. Oh, that was a little sloppy. Whereas like I feel like a quote unquote untrained, not to say that David's untrained, but like an untrained, not undamaged. Well, oh my god, what were like, I looking for? I, one example that I had when I first started doing it was there was a speech that had pops in it and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I didn't get it. And it was because I didn't understand the format of that particular round. And 
because they were the the round that I had judged right before had they weren't doing pops. It was like original oratory, I think. And mm-hmm. then the second round was like the the one where you see I don't even know what round it was it, where you have to like script the it from a from a published piece of work. Um, so it was an interp. It was an interp. <laughs> see judges still don't know um these are who's judging your rounds by the way so just keep that in mind but what i what i was what i meant to say is like the first time that i saw the popping happen i didn't get it really until the third con- like person not contestant the third presenter um no was doing yeah, it also competing. yes there's two yeah people. Yeah, so like it, I didn't really get that this is a thing that all of these speeches were going to be doing until it was like the third person. And I was like, oh, this third person is also doing this. So this must mean it's a thing that this round does. Okay, I'm going to go with that then. Great. I wish I had known that ahead of time. <laughs> Guys, this is who's judging your rounds, unfortunately. I really hate to, it's it's embarrassing for me to to have to admit that too but like I think it's a it's an important thing that you don't know who's going to be doing the judging it's exactly and it's and, like every tournament even at state even at nationals you're going to have first time judges and I usually tell people like beforehand especially if it's like a later round um that I'm a novice judge and that I don't know all the rules. Like even in the Congress round that I was doing, I had to be like, wait, who's, who's, what round is this? Like what, cause you know how it, there's the back and forth and the second person goes or whatever. It, maybe not Congress. It was, it might've been the, the group LD round or the, when, or it's Parley. two against two. Parley. See? Or with the public forum. It was public forum. You've judged all the. You've judged all (laughs) NFD events so far. By the way, you've judged LB. You've judged public forum. You've judged Parley. I just don't know the difference between any of them. That's the problem. But I'm learning. Well, you should know the difference between LZ and Parley and public forum. I don't think I'd be able to give you a full definition. I'm so sorry. So you guys, okay, so this is like another great example of these are who your judges are, right? So that's what I'm saying. Debate's a little bit different. Debate, I feel like judges generally will give them like their paradigm, especially after breaks. In prelim like in prelim rounds, um, especially in league, you're gonna get a lot of like just parents. So who don't necessarily know what they're doing, but you know, we're, we're adults. We know what a good debate is. We know what good arguments are. We're not stupid. We're all adults, right? We know what a good argument is. So I would just still go into keeping debates like very straightforward. And I feel like once you want to do like cool, like not cool, like, you know, like your crazy plans or your crazy counter plans, I would say save those for, um, save those for, after breaks but if you're confident that you know that your plan or whatever is very clear and easily understandable then go ahead right because it's again it's like you're trying to your job as a competitor is to convince the judge and the easier you are able to make your arguments especially in debate um a lot more digestible and easily understandable the more success you're gonna have 
right? It's kind of like explain it like on Reddit, explain it like I'm five. If you can explain your base argument to a five-year-old, right, and it still be compelling, that's a really, really good argument. And the same thing in speech, like, just do your best. If you, like, a good OO is going to be a good OO. A good DI is just going to be a good DI. Like, there's there's really no going around these things. So, well, it's like a balance, right? Of, like, catering to what the judges want. But I guess even what the judges want, it's just how can the, how can you make yourself easily understandable and relatable relatable very important relatable yeah to the judge that that was you you're leading me into one thing that i was going to say that's really great everyone is approaching these kinds of uh situations from their own perspective and their own lived experiences some people are maybe lgbtq and they're going to just be able to relate to an LGBTQOO better than a story that they can't relate to necessarily. You're not going to know that about the judge that it like, I remember there was an LGBT uh, competitor and I'm LGBT and I'm pretty sure the other judge that I was with was not LGBT. And I thought it was very obvious to me that this competitor was number one. And the other judge I could see ranked them as the lowest. And so it's this thing that happens Mm -hmm. where our lived experiences are going to... uh, And bigotry and bias. Right. And, And you can't control that in the judge that you're presenting to yes um but that's why they have the different rounds so that that way it's fair you know you're not one that's happened to me determining too you. where it's like yeah like where it's you know because like you know obviously being part of the alpha the mafia has been traumatizing for us but definitely you know in my rounds in my opp rounds when i did write about the queer experience in finals i would you know when there was i think it was at like state quals we were in finals it would, we had five judges um you know, it would be all over the place. And you could, yeah. you, and I knew some of these parents were very anti LGBT. And surprise, 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 I wonder what they ranked me as. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is a, uh, <laughs> can we swear on this show? No. <laughs> yeah, we can. We can just bleep it out. It It's a uh, way to have to think about the approach it's to. It. I'll just say it for you. It's. Yeah. It. That's what that is. Yeah, it is. Um, but you also shouldn't try to censor yourself when you're working on an OO or yes, a DI. You shouldn't yes. have to censor who you are and what you're trying to express because you might be worried that there's going to be a bigoted judge on your jury panel. Yes, I completely agree. Which I think is a really great, like, summary of just this episode of, like, again, (laughs) while this episode is about judging, and I have mentioned, I believe in every single one of the episodes, do not cater, do not, do not give your speech how you think judges want to hear, just do the best that you can. Because, again, it's so varied, it's so subjective, 
Yeah. And we all live such different lives and these judges have such different worldviews that you're not going to make everyone happy, right? Of course, we dream to picket fence going one, 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 all the way through. Um, it's amazing Which has when you happened. do because it's like a great self-esteem booster. Right. But not, that's most likely not going to happen because, you know, judges are human beings and we are not perfect and we're all going to take and interpret what information coming at us and process that information very, very differently. Basically, my summary of of it from a judge's perspective is to put on a good show. That's all you have to do. Put on the best show that you can and be entertaining. Yes, I agree. Because it's a show. Everything we do is a show. Entertain me, children. <laughs> no, but like, like for real, though. Like, I used to work at a restaurant, and that was one of the things that we would talk about as waiters, is we're putting on a show for our guests, right? The, and it seems like it's unrelatable, but, like, the better people... The people who did best were the ones who put on a really good show. And... Um, be extra. Okay, no, don't be extra, because... You don't, don't have know. to be extra, but you just have to be able to put on a good show and and show people that you really are connected with whatever the material is that you're talking about, whether it's a a debate about economics or a speech about LGBTQ rights or uh, neurodiversity, whatever. Um, It it doesn't matter. You want to connect with your audience. You want to connect with your judge. And you want to show that you have a connection to the subject. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, yeah. This is two, I mean, I mean, there you have it, guys. I mean, you have two very different levels of experience, but we're both telling you the same exact thing. Like, um, you know, yeah. in the end, I still stand by what I say. Don't cater your performance to judges. Don't, you will never know what they are thinking because we are our own people. I mean, I don't know how else to like explain that even further, but like, you know, you are good enough. That's, yeah, you are good enough. Your performance should be able to stand alone by itself, and your performance is good enough. If that's the best that you did that day, then you did your absolute best. That is all that counts. And I bet you, I promise you, this is what your coaches and your teachers are going to say to you as well. And yes, we all want that one. Yes, we all want that big old trophy. But, you know, because of speech and debate, there can only be one. And that's not to say that this particular tournament, you know, you didn't break or whatever means that you failed. It just, you know, maybe you need to work on your speech or maybe you just got a set of crappy judges or maybe both or maybe none. You know, it could be an off day for you or whatever. So don't take too, don't think too much of it, you guys. This is just speech and debate. You're in high school. In the grand scheme of things, these are just great memories that you are able to have and great stories that you can chit chat with your friends later and with you know people who used to do this before and you can reminisce and in the end it's just a speech and debate tournament it's not life or death you're not operating you're not saving a life you're not changing the world we're just giving speeches and we're debating made up arguments <laughs> then that's in the end like what it is and it's just you know it's so much it's so much fun it's so much fun as a competitor and as a judge. So as long as you're having fun, we're going to be having fun. And I guarantee you, like, that's what's going to 
going to be. Um, I, as we wrap this up, I just want to give a plug in for this amazing tournament that is happening very, very, very soon. It's going to be Claremont High School's 15th annual Wolfpack Invitational. It's from February 12th to the 14th, 2022. It's on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday here in California. We have uh, that, the 14th is a Monday. We have that Monday off. So if you would like more information regarding this Invitational, please, please, please look into it. This is a great, awesome, awesome, very well-run Invitational. All tournament entries will be handled through the site www.wolfpack.tabroom.com. The priority entry deadline is Monday, January 31st, 2022. After this date, we'll be start moving entries off from the wait list uh, of schools that have reached their entry cap. The final deadline to add entries on the website will be Tuesday, February 8th at 11.55. Any ads after this deadline, will have you're going to have to email the tournament director. Uh, his email is chamberlainofchs at gmail.com. Um, so again, visit the website www.wolfpack.tabroom.com and you'll get all the invitational um. In information on there. There's no school fee, and then the entry fees are very, very low. So this is a great, affordable, um, this is a great, affordable tournament. It's a very competitive tournament. A lot of people want in on this invitational, so definitely get your entries in sooner than later. Uh, we welcome all schools from across the nation. Um, it's a great invitational, and every year, you know, everyone just commends see like Claremont High on doing such a great job at running this tournament because it's just such a smoothly run tournament. I believe all events, all NSDA events will be offered. So again, just check out the Tabroom uh, website, www.wolfpack.tabroom.com for more information. And I hope to see you guys there. I'll be judging there. Will you be judging there, David? I think I will be there. I will be there. Think. How dare you? <laughs> I will be. Okay, there. bye. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Groundbreaking is a podcast created and produced by me, Scott Webb. This episode was produced and scored by David Gonzalez. His Instagram account is at dgonzalezmusic. That's with two Z's. Two Z's, y'all. If you have any questions or requests, you can always email me at roundbreaking at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Give me some feedback. Maybe not. No, don't. Please don't do the internet. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, okay bye, bye guys bye <laughs>